Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. I'm Tara Wren, reporting live from the Infinity Science Center in Perleton, Mississippi. I was so excited as we were driving in because it's right here off of I-10 and there's a space shuttle looking thingy (laughs) over there. And I was just like a kid in the candy store, like couldn't wait to get here. So we're going to go in and talk to the education director about all the fun and interesting and innovative and scientific technology that's in this center. And hey, we're bringing you along for the ride. We are right out there on the highway. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, like a kid ready to get there. It is a beautiful facility. We're trying to get people to want to come here and do other events, mm-hmm. like have their event here. What sort of events could they have here? Conferences to weddings to, because we're open to the public Thursday through Sunday. Well, we have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday available. Okay. to be used. Wonderful outside areas, spacious, beautiful. You'll find, you know, local flora and fauna out there, so it's not import stuff, it's stuff here in Mississippi. We have four different biomes that you walk through out there. It's a beautiful walkway out there, but the, you know, what's out there is the Saturn V booster, and that's what makes a statement. Absolutely, make one to me. <laughs> Absolutely, it still makes a statement to me, and I, I, I see it every day. But it, it still, wow. We're live here along with Miss Donna Therese, who is the Youth Education Manager here, and she's going to tell us all about the wonderful galleries and scenery and exhibits that they have to offer here at the Infinity Science Center. Awesome. I'm excited. Come on. As we walk, can you tell me a little bit about what the Infinity Science Center, what's the significance, what it really means to be here in Mississippi? We are a premier science center and we are a very well-kept secret, so I am so excited to have you here today. We actually serve as the NASA Visitor Center. We are a nonprofit museum, and we are a full science museum. So we have educational programming, we have labs, we have presentations. So right now, you're standing in our natrium, and what you will find here is wildlife, plant life of our local area, and then some other little wonderful things to see. Our first floor is our Earth Gallery. So as we move into the museum, we're going to see our environmental exhibits. We have a hands-on hurricane-making exhibit, and you can either name your own hurricane after you've completed the challenge, and it brings up a newscast, and that's a fun (laughs) one to do. And then you can dive deep into the ocean and try to fix an oil rig over there in our deep ocean experience. So everything on the first floor is about the earth. Can you guess what the second floor is? It's about the atmosphere, the space. That is correct. (laughs) Our second floor serves as the NASA Visitor Center for Stennis Space Center. We all know that things changed after 9-11 and uh, they had to move off of the site 
so the public could have the opportunity to see the artifacts. And before you could go on Stennis, you could go to what was called Stenosphere at the time and see the artifacts. Well, they had to shift some things. So this building became a part of that. So our second floor has our Apollo and uh, Artemis and space shuttle memorabilia. So before you leave, you will touch something that has been to space. Wow. Now, I'm excited about that. I'm intrigued. I don't know why with space, like the most recent travel to space and all of that. I'm just intrigued by all of that. You know what, what's, what's amazing about it? So I grew up with the Apollo program, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now through Blue Origin, you and I, mm -hmm. if we paid the right price, mm -hmm we could actually go to space and have some of that astronaut experience. Wow. Now, we wouldn't be astronauts right. because we haven't been trained for that, mm -hmm. but we would get to have that experience. That was such a dream when I was growing up, mm -hmm. and now it's a reality. So do you plan to go? No. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. I'm going to enjoy that through the eyes of someone else. Yes. <laughs> through your experience that you take me through today. Okay. So when we come, someone comes to the museum, they can start right here in the nature room, right? That is correct. Okay. So this area that we're fixing to walk into is the rotunda, and it's where we have our larger exhibits, and one of the most, uh, not one of the most, the most photographed artifact in this facility, which is the astronaut suit where you can be an astronaut and take your picture. So we have the Saturn V booster replication here, and then we have the Saturn 1B here. The Saturn 1B is what started, what they used to do test runs and things before they moved up to the big boy. And it's the bottom half of the rocket that is on display outside, and that's the actual size. So, and this is one-tenth of the size that that would be when it's on the stand in real life. That's huge. It's huge. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, I'm looking at it, it's huge. <laughs> so I'm gonna show you real quick my favorite room. Now, it's not open today right. because we have school groups here. So speaking of school, uh, as we walk, you can talk about a little bit more about the school programs that you mentioned earlier. Well, we have field trip groups and that's what you see running around here today. And for those field trip groups, we offer extra classes. We offer what we call our exploration classes. We do dissections, uh -oh. uh, frog and heart dissections. Mm. We do pond microbiology labs. We're starting back with our engineering labs in the spring, our underwater robotics lab. You can do a living and working in space presentation. So that's what we're offering for extras, and we also have our 3D theater. What we're standing in right now is our little learner's lab, mm -hmm. and this room was designed for birth to five-year-olds. Wow, amazing. So, and it has the swamp to space theme mm -hmm. because you had to go through the swamps of Hancock County to get to space. It's a hands-on experience for the little ones. It's also, in the summer, this place is extremely busy. People are driving and they gotta get the kids out of the car. Mm -hmm. They can come in here and relax, do hands-on science activities. The kids can crawl over the snake. They can build with the big foam blocks. They can just have fun and do science at their level. They can do science at their level 
parents can sit on that bench and rest and let the children's imagination just run wild. (laughs) And I can just imagine that this sparks the imagination of a child early on. Oh, it does. And lead to something, a career or, Mm -hmm. you know, something greater for them. You're right. We we also have a homeschool program. We offer four homeschool Mondays during the school year. Mm -hmm. And we often get kids, I want to be. Mm-hmm. a scientist when I want to grow up. Mm-hmm. I want to be an astronaut. I want to study animals. We get that a lot mm-hmm. because they've had the experiences here. Amazing. This is amazing. You all have to come and see this. Donna, can yes. families come in this room? Oh. Can they be a part of the other educational programs? I'm glad you ask. Okay. We have Science Saturdays that we offer throughout the year. They're themed. One of the favorites is rocketry, so the family comes in and builds a rocket, and they actually get to launch the rocket, and it's a solid fuel booster rocket. So that's one of our our best experiences. Tonight, we're offering campfires and Christmas constellations, which we will have our telescopes out, we'll have some hands-on activities, we'll have a food truck, and we'll have just a a nice evening for parents to bring their families out. Mm -hmm. They can walk on the biome boardwalk and they can get that educational piece of constellations. Mm -hmm. Especially, we're so glad that tonight looks like it's gonna be clear, which is a miracle. So we offer that. We also have special events Saturdays, like December 11th is our Science with Santa, and we'll have activities throughout the museum, hands-on around winter. And I believe Mrs. Claus is actually going to be appearing this year. Santa's been really busy this this year. So it's a fun day for families as well. I love this. (laughs) Let me take you back here. This is our, what we call our wet lab. And this is where we do our dissections, our chemistry presentations. This room right here is our underwater robotics. And it's a hands-on engineering course you know it's a 45 minute session and because of covid we had to discontinue that but now things are starting to look like that we can start it up again so we're going to be adding it back in the spring that's great and that's for middle school so this is our wet lab it's a full functioning wet lab and like i said we do our dissection classes we do our chemistry we have some Animals that do better in warmer climates than out on the floor, so they're in here. We also have a geriatric chameleon that we're working, we're, we're making sure he's kept warm and comfortable. Yeah. So that's, that's what we do in this room. And we love this room because our guests can see what's happening in here yeah. when we have classes. So then it becomes another exhibit. We can do it for scout groups. Mm -hmm. We can do it for camps. We've had summer camps come and do. UNO has brought their star students over Mm -hmm. to participate so they can book them. We do have some Saturdays where we just open the lab and do pond microbiology, and then anybody that wants to can come in and do pond microbiology during that time. If they want to come visit Infinity, we encourage them to fill out a field trip request form on our webpage, and that's Mm visitinfinity.com, and they'll see the link for field trips. They can click there and fill out the field trip request form, and then our reservationist will contact them and set it up and go through everything that we offer. Mm-hmm. We are a very small crew right now. We went from 40 down to like 10 people. Oh, wow. 
due to COVID. So we're all wearing multiple hats. Mm -hmm. So our reservationist is also our floor manager and she runs up front too. So (laughs) we, like I said, we all do several different things. We've all learned how to work a little differently, haven't we? Exactly. So what we're stepping into now is more of the Earth Gallery, and this is the hurricane prediction exhibit, and this is where you can do the hurricane challenge and create the same path. Like if Katrina popped up, you would make your hurricane follow the same path as Katrina, and if you were successful, then you could put your name in and it would pull up a news report that says Hurricane, you know, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> Hurricane Jermaine. <laughs> Hurricane MPB. <laughs> See? And it's really a lot of fun. The environmental monitoring is different stations monitoring systems throughout that you can look and see what the water levels are, what the wind is doing. And then over here, in the corner, you have our deep ocean experience. And that's where you get to deploy an underwater robotic to fix an oil rig. And you have a certain amount of time to do it. I myself have not been successful in fixing the oil rig because I'm paying too much attention to the fish that are swimming by And it's all, of course, it's all computerized, but it's a great experience. Then on the other side, we have the inundation station and they can move their houses and buildings to where they think they won't flood. It will scan it and then it will come up and tell you how many houses flooded and how much money it cost in damages. Very interesting. So I see a lot of students in here right now. If you all hear all this hustle and bustle, it's parents, students, teachers, and they are playing Connect Four. They're looking at the sand. They look like they're waiting to go into the... Deep ocean experience. Ocean experience. So they do a self-guided tour. Is there a a guidebook that you give, or they're just... However they want to go, they go. So there are downloadable resources, like a scavenger hunt that teachers can print out at different grade levels and bring with them and have the kids go through the scavenger hunt throughout. So that gives them something to look for and some meaning to their visit. Other than that, they just move at their own pace and they do have a schedule, our reservationist plans it because a lot of times they want to do a 3D movie and they want to do a living and working in space presentation and then you got to make sure that they get out of here on time so they get the bus back. So. There's a lot of logistics to it, but it's all worked out. Someone on your staff gives particular presentations? One of our educators does living and working in space, and we can do that for much larger groups than the smaller exploration classes. We do have an environmental educator, and she does our animal facts, Mythbusters. She'll bring out the snakes and the turtles and the scorpions. And so, yeah, we have a little menagerie. Oh, wow. <laughs> Scorpions. Okay, so a couple of educators on staff. Right. Okay, good. Um, We have three full-time educators and one part-time educator. And we have a vast array of experiences. I have a physics certified educator that's also high school certified. And then I have my environmental educator who has a plethora of experiences working within the environmental realm. And then I have my space educator that handles all things space, that has a a different array 
of experiences, but his presentation skills are great when he does his presentations. So he's got that that presenter's yeah. skill. So it makes it a whole lot better and engaging. It does. Now, it, do they ever go into the classroom to schools? That's where we want to get to. Okay. But right now, it's all hands on deck running the museum. But our hope and our dream is for everybody to see that Infinity Science Center van going by, yeah. headed somewhere to do a presentation or to bring a piece of the museum to the school so that the kids can see an artifact that they normally wouldn't be able to see. Or, you know, for schools that may be struggling to take kids on a field trip, we'd be able to take something to them. Okay. Yeah. And since we're, we're walking to the next exhibit, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how you get to that point. Funding. What do you need to get to that point? Most of our funding comes from grants. We've got NOAA grants, we've got Navy grants. There's some business grants that we've worked with as well. When COVID happened, that spring, we had booked the most field trips that we had ever had, and we lost them. If COVID had waited to May to hit, <laughs> we would have been fine. Yeah. But it really was a, a gut punch, for sure. And that's why we closed for six months. But the education department kept going. And we kept doing things to keep us fresh in people's minds so they wouldn't forget us and that they would still know that we're going to be viable in the community and we're going to be back. Well, we're back. And I'm so glad to see that the field trip groups are starting to come back. We're open Thursday through Sunday. We were at one point open seven days a week because that's what we needed to be open to handle the groups. So we're hoping we get back to that stage where the field trip groups aren't gonna fit on, on Thursday and Friday. We're gonna have to add Wednesday in or Tuesday in. So we're hoping we get back to that. We will get back. We fully understand what you're saying because we're the education department at MPB uh -huh. and we couldn't stop, and for the very same reason, we wanted to let people know that we were still there, still offering resources, still offering services, and just being a support to the state of Mississippi. And it looks like you guys were doing the same thing. You have to be flexible, and we have to change on a dime. Exactly. Did you do anything virtually? Yes. We actually did a virtual AstroCamp. We are an AstroCamp collaborative with NASA's Office of STEM Engagement. So we were taking on our first in-person AstroCamp. COVID happened, and it was like within a week, we had switched to virtual. So we did that, and then we started offering virtual professional development for teachers. So we did population education training for teachers. So we switched and started doing virtual. And then through it, we've actually contracted with some companies and provided virtual AstroCamp to that company and their patrons. So we have done virtual AstroCamp from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast. So we have reached quite a few kids that normally wouldn't have that experience. How long have you guys been here? We celebrate our 10th birthday in April 2022. Well, happy early birthday. <laughs> so we've been here nine years, fixing to be 10. And typically, on a, before COVID, how many folks would visit? If it was a, a year, 75,000. Wow. When I first started working here, I worked the floor. And I would meet people from all over the states. And then I'd meet them from Germany or Denmark 
or Australia, I had the opportunity to give a little mini tour to an MP from Australia. So, I mean, you just meet people from all over the world. And then you meet those people that were part of the Apollo program when it first started and they tell their stories. Or somebody will tell me, my granddad was part of this and this is what he did. But that's so cool to get to hear those stories too. And it makes that history come to life. <laughs> How are you gonna celebrate your 10th birthday? Well, we're working on that right now. We're hoping to have a community celebration in Hancock County as our big thing. And then we're working on planning some special smaller things here at Infinity. So what you're looking at now is our linear aerospike engine that's hanging above. And then our RS-68, which is below it. And on the screen is actually a test firing of the aerospike engine. They've all been tested out at Stennis. And each of these engines has been one of the stepping engines to get us to the Artemis program. Yeah. Which is to get us back to the moon. So through those doors right there is our 3D theater. And they are, they just started a, a video. We have Journey to Space, Oceans, Earth Flight, Tiny Giants. We uh, added two this year, Dinosaurs of the Antarctic. I love that one. And Predators. Hmm. And they're all about 20 to 25 minutes long. Now the cool thing about Journey to Space, and that's a very popular one because People come to, you know, especially school groups, they come because of the space in the, in the NASA Stennis connection. That one's narrated by Patrick Stewart. And it, it's about the Artemis program and going to Mars and what that's going to take and how the astronauts are training and uh, the technology that's going behind it. So that one's an extremely popular one. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I'm ready to go upstairs. Are we ready yes. to go upstairs? Yeah, yeah. let's go. So we're going to go upstairs on what I call the best ride in the place because it's got a great view. We have a circular elevator and it's glass. Glass. <laughs> as long as it's glass. Unfortunately, it doesn't go like 10 feet up, you know, 10 stories up. It goes a few stories, but it's still a cool view. This is our wave tank. This was through an NRL grant and uh, that's the Naval Research Lab grant. And it's wonderful because it shows how waves react. And especially down here, why they put wave breaks where they put them to help with flooding during a hurricane or a storm. And we've done presentations with it. Usually at the start of hurricane season, we'll have like a, a 10 minute little presentation. It's a pop-up presentation on what the waves do and how they react. That's amazing. The technology, or I don't know, waveology. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Behind the water, and look at this little house up on the hill here. Like, the water's not getting to it, but it on the waves, huh? It depends on which wave they've chosen, and you can also see the wave breaks and where they're placed. So, behind me is our hurricane force. This is a wind tunnel and you build your house or your church or whatever building you want to build and you test it out in the wind tunnel to see how it would stand up under hurricane force winds. These are some amazing, I don't want to say, look, these aren't toys, but games, but these are some amazing exhibits 
very interactive yes. and if a child really wanted to learn mm -hmm. and get deep in or an adult for that matter teacher here's oh, the place yeah. to come we do in some of our professional development we train teachers in hands-on science activities. We let them do it on the floor with our guests and with kids, a lot of times on those special event days. And they get to play and have fun. And usually once they come here for professional development, mm -hmm. they keep coming back. Mm -hmm. In fact, my part-time educator, she came for professional development and never left. And she got a job. And she got a job. <laughs> I was just thinking, Hey, I should have um, come through and, and visited first before I tried. I came to work and do an interview because well, I'm just There's too so excited. To yes. All right. I'm gonna take the elevator up. You get a great view of the rotunda as we go up to the second floor. All right. Let's go this way. This is one of the most unique displays that we have. This is every patch in the space program and they were hand-stitched by women from all over the United States. Wow. So we're going to walk over this way. So this is the Apollo 4 command module and we had to get special permission and work with the Smithsonian Institute to have this placed here. And you notice that this is basically covered by this wall, and that's to help with lighting, so there's no light damage. This was an unmanned capsule. What they were doing was testing the heat panels on the bottom for when the astronauts came back in, yeah. that the heat panels were gonna keep them nice and cool. And then- now, Is this the people that I've seen on television? In movies where they it lands in the water. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Exactly. I don't know. I'm learning here, yes. Jermaine. This well, is. We also have the, We also have this smaller model right here that shows you how they sit in that capsule module. So, and this is the heat panels area that that was testing. So this is what took all the heat from re-entering the atmosphere. And when Apollo 13 landed, Mr. Hayes often tells that when they opened the hatch it was 32 degrees inside of the capsule and they were in the philippines and it was 98 outside so there was steam coming up i mean it was crazy that's how well these worked so this is the main portion of the hayes gallery and it's got the memorabilia of course you've got the apollo 13 and then we have his suit and I would love everyone to come to infinity and I will challenge them to find the moon rock. The moon rock is in the Hayes Gallery and this is our little piece of the moon right over here. And it was one of the last trips to the moon that it was collected. Wow, we have a piece of the moon here on earth you all. Come and find it. You've been challenged to come find the piece of moon. This one was actually collected with Apollo 15. And I believe there were two more Apollos right after that, and then it was discontinued. So here we are. Yes, I've been waiting the whole time. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> so what, what we're looking at is the Saturn V booster that sits outside. This is actually Apollo 19. And why this is so special to us is 
Mr. Fred Hayes was to have been the commander of the Apollo 19 mission. So this, was, this would have been his second ride to the moon. And as I said before, after Apollo 17, the space program shifted and the Apollo program was discontinued and things were shifted and then came the shuttle program. The neat thing is that Mr. Hayes was actually the first commander of the Enterprise, mm -hmm. which was the prototype for the shuttle programming. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he got to fly it and tested out all the different systems and things, that, getting us ready to go through the shuttle program. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of nice. I can actually say I know the commander of the Enterprise. <laughs> that is a nice thing. So, having him on your board has to be just amazing to just be able to capture that, once again, or history from exactly. him. Uh-huh. It is. He's a wonderful supporter of Infinity, local boy from Biloxi, Mississippi, well-respected all over the world. And it's, it's just, you know, we're still all in awe of, of the man. Uh, he was one of our speakers at our gala that we had recently. And hearing, like you said, that oral history was phenomenal. And we realized, you know, we've got to get it now. So, you know, we do have Zoom programs with him that people can um, give a donation and be a part of the evening and ask a question. And he is very diligent about answering the questions that people have. So we, we try to plan that two or three times a year and we post it on Facebook to give people the opportunity to actually, it's like ha having a conversation, mm -hmm. a cup of coffee and a conversation mm -hmm. with Mr. Hayes, you know. And he makes you feel that way too. Mm -hmm. But that's good. So. What is like the upkeep on the artifacts that you have here? Do you have a special crew to come in? Is there any special, other special things you have to do? So a lot of the things that are within up here on the second floor, we have to make sure that they are held at a certain humidity point and temperature point. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that that's recorded and kept up. For the Saturn, the bigger things, we just have to make sure that they've been painted to the specs and we clean them as needed but that's that's pretty much what that is for the the space artifacts NASA actually maintains a lot of this as well but because we partner with them we have to make sure that our facility provides the, the proper storage based on their specs so oh, well, is this the last exhibit yeah. Unless, unless you want to go outside and see it. I do want to go outside and see it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to go see it. <laughs> so what we're walking toward right this minute is the model of the lunar lander. And this one is to scale. So this was the size. So all the videos that you've seen from historical videos and you see the top part releasing to take them back up to the, the capsule, that's the size it is. So it's not a little bitty thing sitting on the moon. <laughs> so that's that. And then you have the biome boardwalk and you see people walking on right now. It's a beautiful day to be out there. The biome boardwalk has our pitcher plants and different flora and fauna from our area. It's four different biomes that you walk through. There are snakes, there are alligators. I see the signs. And yes, the signs are there for a reason. Now, it's cool 
They're not going to be out as much right now, but that's their living room. We're just borrowing it with the biome boardwalk. But it, it ties into that environmental aspect that we have from our Earth Gallery. So we want to use all of this area to teach as much science in different fields as we can. So this is infrared, so this is what's hot and cold on us. And then this is what we would look like in ultraviolet. So this is how you look to a bee. And then that's what you look like to a snake. Do snakes like hot or cold people? Hot. Well, you have to go through this mask first. <laughs> Move it and you can see a little bit of, of the handprint. So it's reading the heat sensor. You know, it's infrared, so it's going to read the heat. They, they, that turned out good. Because I'm hot. I stay hot. Look. Oh, that's good. <laughs> All right. And then this exhibit is a, a really cool hands-on exhibit. And this is just the spectrum that we can radio. And then if we take it through, it shows different how it looks under each area. So you see the heat, the cool. That's what it was. This is what it looks like in ultraviolet. And then this is what it looks like in an x-ray. It, it won't show you some pictures because it's not visible. So this exhibit is our CubeSat exhibit. This is the wave of the new satellite. And they're this size. And you put the sensors and the data collecting points in it. You shoot it off into space, it collects what it's supposed to collect and sends it back to Earth. It's not something that's the size of your car, but this is the new thing, which makes it more cost effective, which allows us to get more data. So, why do I feel like I should have spent more time in science class and in my science textbooks? So, you ask about the capsule up front, right here. That's our Orion Theater. And that actually has a video playing about the Orion capsule. So you remember, I told you that you would get to touch something that has been to space. Yes. This is a tire that was on the Atlantis, and it flew in space on the Atlantis space shuttle. And so did that tire over there is from Endeavor, I believe. But these have flown. They have been to space. I've been to space now. <laughs> they have come back. So they're here with us today, and it shows that Michelin tires are good tires. <laughs> I was just about to say, if you want to get a tire, this is a for Michelin. Get one of Michelin tires. These tires are still good. I like still that. They have good tread on them. They do. All right. We're in the Orion capsule, and this is the video that shows the whole process of the Orion. See, I, you know, what's funny is my background is elementary education. So I taught elementary school for 14 years, and then I did uh, various versions of administration for 14 years. And I laugh because everybody talks to me like I'm a scientist and I'm like, I'm a lay scientist. Uh -huh. I'm curious just like the next person. The cool thing is, is I have a team that knows their stuff. <laughs> and that's what you do. You build a team that knows the stuff. You can't know it all. Absolutely. 
So my team's amazing. I had a boss Love say, my hire team. to your weakness. So what you don't know, you hire exactly. those who know it best. So and I have my part-time educator. It was just me as an educator here, and she, like I said, she came and did professional development and never left. I would say, this is what I'm teaching. Make sure the science is right. And she literally gave me a year's worth of physics in one afternoon, and I went home and went, I'm fried. Yeah, gotta go to bed. But I got up in the PD, and I knew what I was talking about. So <laughs> Something like, stuck, right? <laughs> All right, you want to take the stairs down? Yes, that would be good. This is our Carnivorous plants, and you'll see here the pitcher plants. Now these are growing wild out there. So you can walk out there at certain times of the year and they are just gorgeous. And seeing the different stages that they're in, it's, it's amazing. And then we have a few other carnivorous, other types of carnivorous plants that aren't necessarily from here. That's part of that environment. When the, when the plant life is healthy, then your environment is healthy. This was one of the first things we noticed when we walked up, that there, the greenery or the plants that were out there, and we knew that they were there for a reason. The butterflies were out yes. there, so yes. So we are a Monarch Way Station. So we have large containers on our decks, and those, have plants in it that draw butterflies and pollinators. So in the spring, it's amazing. And we have several, we have monarchs that, that lay their eggs and birth there. We have, I think, the painted ladies that do the same. Two, two totally different looking chrysalis. It's amazing because she's like, you think they all look alike. No, they don't. And of course, the butterflies don't look alike. So it's really neat to see. The neat thing about the Natrium is our environmental educator came in with all these wonderful ideas and this is stuff that we had but just had not been able to put it together yet. We were happy because it was an inexpensive way to bring education. Mm -hmm. And we had an artist volunteer to do the painting for us for our, our bird wingspan. Mm -hmm. We had a, vision, a version of that as a poster. And then we decided, wait, let's use our birds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so a local artist from Slidell did that for Slidell, us. Slidell, Mississippi. Okay, we're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is actually a NASA exhibit, and it's the Lego space shuttle on the, um, the tower, ready to take off. Oh, Don't ask me how many Legos are in there. I'll, I'll just say a lot. Uh, I would, I will say somebody kind of hinted it was like a hundred thousand because it's not hollow. So it's been here for years. I started volunteering here when this place first opened, thinking this is where I wanted to work when I retired. And um, this was here then. <laughs> so, and it's been moved different places trying to find a good fit for it. So we're, we're outside in the front of Infinity. Behind me is the Biome Boardwalk and I'm looking at our major sign up here. On, this is Infinity Science Center, host to the NASA Stennis Visitor Center. And we are heading toward the Saturn V booster. So we will pass the lunar lander and 
Right now I'm looking at the engines that are on the Saturn V booster. Oh uh, my. There are five engines. The engine in the middle is stationary. The ones on the sides gimbal, which means they move to help with the direction. Huge, everyone. This is massive. So we, we saw it inside. You just don't get the same effect if you're looking from the second floor as if you're standing by it. You really get to see how large this is. And this is just the bottom half. So I'm thinking about careers and jobs and what it takes to put a massive unit like this together. You take all sorts of engineers and smart people. The space program, the beginning of the space program and through the Apollo had 400,000 people working it. And that's every aspect, you know, that includes the office workers. That includes the people that fed the astronauts. I mean, it's, it's everybody that worked it. 400,000 people. I guess I never ever thought I'd see this up close and personal, but I, I really am in, in awe of this. And I, I like this display because you can actually walk through on the other side and there's signage that explains everything to you. What do you call these, this part of it? Those are the actual engines. It's an F1 engine and it has five of them. That's what I, so when it, this takes off and it departs, right? Mm -hmm. Breaks yes. off. Yes, these are the different stages. Yeah. Like I said, I'm fascinated with this. Never have been, until I'm just learning this as an adult, uh -huh. that I'm fascinated with space. And so, I'll watch. And I'm always nervous when they break apart. Like, uh -huh. where is it going? What's it gonna do? And I don't know where the people are, but thank you for sharing with me to let me know the astronauts uh -huh. are right there in that little They're part. They're at the top of that. Movie. They're at the top of that. <laughs> uh, we have an Engineering 101 for elementary students. And it is, it's called How the Turtle Gets Across the Road. And we have Finney and Ted. And the kids have to design some way to get Finney from his side of the road to the other side of the road. And I tell them at the end of the class, when you go out on the Bion Boardwalk, make sure you look and see if you can find Ted or Finney, because we do have a lot of turtles around here which makes them really want to come out and look and get some outside. <laughs> Everybody, this is truly a place to see from the land to space. A beautiful day oh, that we have come here to visit with you, Donna. It for is. you to share all this wonderful, these artifacts with us, the history, and just everything that you have to offer here. You would ask about volunteers earlier, and we actually have several volunteers that worked in the Apollo program. Oh, you do? And it's been wonderful because they share their stories with our guests. And uh, we are extremely honored. You know, we have Walking History volunteering. And, you know, they are in their 80s, so they're not here as much anymore wow. <laughs> because of COVID. But when they're, when they're able to, they come and and walk around and share their story and talk with people. It's really neat. Well, this comes to the end of our tour. It has been my pleasure to share what I love, Infinity Science Center, with you. Well, thank you, Donna. We have had an excellent time with you. Thank you for being our tour guide of this wonderful facility. How can someone contact you or the museum here to learn all about, to schedule events, or to schedule a, a field trip, 
How can they learn about you here? Visit our website, visitinfinity.com. Like us on Facebook. That's the quickest and easiest way to get any announcements of anything that's going on. And you can reach out through Facebook Messenger and say, hey, I need information, and we'll get right back with you. Well, this has been great, hasn't it, Jermaine? It has. It has. I love it. All right. Well, I'm Tara Wren. And I'm Jermaine Flood. And you've been listening to Talk Board Chat. Chat. Class is now dismissed. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAS.